0: The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Amen. Well, I love Family Sunday. Can we just take a minute, though? Uh, I love having the kids in here. It's so great to see your faces, and I appreciate your attention and sitting still In a room like this there's lots of fun to be had so we appreciate you being in here and listening but i want to take just a second to honor the people who are teaching our kids about jesus on a regular basis because we have you can clap now but i'm gonna have you clap again in a minute we have a team of people who is so faithful that is here week in and week out Um, As long as the preacher talks, they are speaking the words of Jesus and the truth of God's word into our kids and they're instilling that in them. And so if if you are a teacher in any of the kids' classes, maybe on Sundays or youth or kids on Wednesday nights, or you love on babies and pray over babies while they're in the nursery, would you just stand for just a second so we can honor you? If you are a part of that team, thank you. Thank you. This is a great team. Thank you for what you're doing for speaking into our kids. Youth worship team, thank you for leading us into God's presence today. I know, yes, you can give it up for them. Thank you for being a part of that team this morning. I love the chance to be here, uh, to be a family all together. And that's what we are we're a family on mission together. And as I think about family, as I think about the memories over the last 10 or 11 almost years that we've been here, um, look at family in my life. Some of you had a great family growing up. Some of you had a little more complicated of a family, but I had a great upbringing. And I was thinking about this one memory that stuck out as I was thinking about family uh, this week, this one memory that stuck out in my mind, and that was when... It was the summer before Sean and I got married, so I would have been 21, so my brother would have been, let's see, 22, 21, sisters, 19, 17, okay, so we weren't babies is what I'm saying, and uh, we took a big family trip. It was, I was getting married in six months. My sister was getting married a year later. My brother was getting close, and so it was like three of the four of us were going to be gone like in a year and a half, and so my dad was like, we're going to take a trip, We're going to take a big, this is our last big hurrah, we're going to take a big trip. So we flew out to California. We started in San Diego and then took like two weeks to just go all the way up the coast of California. We learned really fast that the Pacific Coast Highway was not for a family where all of us get motion sick. So we didn't stay on that highway very long. But uh, we spent a few days in San Diego and ended up, you know, going all the way up San Francisco, you know, LA, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, and then flew home. And it was this great trip. But when I think about that trip, there is one picture that comes to my mind, okay? And I wish that we had digital cameras back then so you could see a picture of what this was, but we didn't. So there was one day we were on Coronado Island by San Diego, and we wanted to kind of tour the island a little bit, and we wanted to get a chance to see as much as we could, and so we rented a bike. We rented a bike. Okay, there's six of us. I told you our ages, so we're almost all grown adults, and we rented a six person bike. And let me just tell you a six man bike is a lot like a four man tent. Everybody knows you don't sleep four men in a four man tent, right? And so here's six of us. We are not small baby people, we are full grown humans riding on this bike that, if you can picture it, it's like two tandem bikes. Have you seen these? Yeah. It's like two tandem bikes with benches that connect them and like a cover. Okay. So you've got space for four people to pedal and then two like free spots in the middle. Um, Sometimes they have like a little basket or like a little car seat or whatever on the front. Okay. So there's uh, six of us riding on this bike, one bike, uh, touring around Coronado Island, and when I think about that family trip, that's the one picture that comes to my mind. So naturally then, fast forward however many years later to uh, 2021, we took our family on a big road trip, and at one point we ended up in San Diego, and I said, we are on Coronado Island, we have to rent this bike. So. We did. I did have a digital camera. Okay, so now you can get a picture of it. And now you can if you would like picture a family of full-grown adults in the same amount of space. <laughs> like literally we were like pedaling sideways cuz we were like leaning out the side of the bike. But you know, it was such both both times. Both of those times were such fun memories. And it was fun because you know, truthfully, we could have all rented a bike and probably been probably more efficient, but we could have seen more of the island. We could have ridden all around. Um, We could have all gotten our own, but there was something so special about being together, working together in a close-knit, a close environment, working together to reach a specific destination. There was something so special about that. And then to be able to take my family, when, they, when I had my own kids, to do something, to go on the same mission or the same adventure that I had been on with my family growing up was just really special. And I, I remember the feeling of that when we were there, but I also have just felt that similar feeling the last few months as we've been studying the book of Acts, Hasn't it been kind of sweet to just see what God did through the early church and to really kind of dig deep in in the story and how all that happened? You know, I believe that the early church in Acts was such a critical part of of history. It was such a critical part of what God was doing um, that they had one mission and one goal, and that was to reach the entire world with the message of Jesus. Like, we're here today because they were a family on mission together. And so I, I, but I truly believe that we are here today and we're on that same mission. Like we're living that same adventure. We're on that same mission. We have the same goal and that is to reach the world for Jesus. And so uh, I believe that we are in a season, you can get rid of that picture because it's very cute and very distracting. Um, but I believe that we're in a season where God is empowering us to fulfill the mission that he's called us to, which is to reach our community for Jesus. That we're in a season right now where God is getting us ready for what he wants to do. And we're seeing glimpses of it. Like we're seeing glimpses of things like what was happening in the book of Acts. We're seeing just like little pieces of it happening here at our church. And it's really exciting. Like it's really exciting and so I believe God has something to do, he wants to do in us but people are starting to take notice and people are wanting to be a part of it and it's really, really cool. And I think of the day of Pentecost, um, if you remember in the book of Acts, it's when the, you know, they're all in the upper room and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit shows up and it says there were tongues of fire and they were speaking all kinds of languages and there was like fire and everybody around them was like, these people are drunk Like they're crazy. Craziness is happening. And Peter's, I love Peter's response uh, to this from Acts chapter two, verse 15. It says, he says, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It's nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, I believe that like the early church, we're seeing God move in this type of way. Uh, We are seeing people that are being drawn in to this church family because they're coming in and they're experiencing the Holy Spirit and they're seeing what he's doing in this place. You might not know this, but we get cards that are filled out nearly every week of people saying, I gave my life to Jesus today or I recommitted my life to Jesus today. People who were far from God who are coming back to God because of what he's doing in this place. That's exciting. God is moving in this place. People are experiencing life change as they're devoting themselves to reading God's word together. We're on a Bible reading plan. We're reading it together. And as we devote ourselves to learning God's word and applying it to our lives, God is moving and lives are changing. And this is an exciting time to be a part of the family of God. I don't know if you realized it or not, but our sons and our daughters were prophesying up here today. Did you listen to the words of that song that they sang today? I know a breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. God made me a promise and he won't stop now. Friends, prophecy is just when God inspires you to speak something that's gonna happen. And I believe that our sons and our daughters were prophesying this morning that there's a breakthrough that's coming. And in faith, I'm saying it out loud because I know that if God promised it, it's gonna happen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? You know, this morning, our, our worship team, you know, our youth were on the worship team and I love seeing them up here. But, you know, this said your your uh, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. You know, they, the, the team that's up here today didn't just show up today, but months ago, God put it on Rachel's heart. And I'm not gonna say how old she is if it was a vision or a dream, but I believe that God spoke to her and he said, you need to raise this, this youth group up. And she has been working with them on a regular basis to get them to a point where they can stand up here and they can sing these songs that are prophetic because they're a part of what God is doing here at the church. You're a part of what God is doing. And so I'm excited about what God wants to do. You know, several years ago when we started our um, our church building complaint, uh, campaign, we said, we want to make room for what God wants to do. And that's what we did, right? That's what this space is. We made room for more seats, but I believe that God wants us to make more room in our hearts for what he wants us to do. And if we want to have the kind of impact on our community, like the early church had, then I believe there's some things that we need to do to get ready for that. So if we sing a song like we need a fresh wind, God, we want you to move in this place, pour your spirit out. We gotta be ready for what he's gonna do, amen? Are you with me? Is that something we do want? Are we just singing these songs? No, this is what we really want. And so I think that what we can do is take some cues from the early church, okay? If we want God to move. Now, this is not like a step-by-step recipe, okay? This is not an equation, that this plus this equals this, okay? We're just going to take some cues from the early church. Um, I'm not saying that we need to go find somebody who has an upper room. It can't be the basement. It's got to be an upper room and we all have to wait until the Holy Spirit and then there's fire. Like, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that we all need to go to jail for our faith and sing until the walls come down. And I'm not saying that we need to sell all of our possessions and give them away. I'm just saying there's some, there's some practices that the early church put into place that we can apply today. Because remember, we're a family on mission together and we're on the same mission that the early church was on. And so if we have the same mission and the same goals, I believe we can apply some of the same family practices to make room for what God wants to do. Are you with me? All right. The first thing that we can do, the first practice that we as a family can put into place is to wait when he says to wait. Acts chapter one, verses four and five. I know we've studied these chapters. I'm just kind of doing a little review. All the kids are in here with us today. This is what we've been studying for like months, okay? Acts chapter one, verses four and five. He gave them this command. This is Jesus. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. The thing I think that's significant about this passage is really um, the last three years that happened before that. So I want you to think about the fact that we read the Bible and we read these stories and it seems like this really big book that tells the story about Jesus, but Jesus' ministry on earth was three years. So a lot happened in those three years leading up to this statement. So first, you know, Jesus, he calls these men out of their everyday occupations and says, I want you to follow me. So they drop what they're doing and they follow Jesus. And he teaches them and, and for a little while, he's kind of like keeping his, his, who he is kind of on the down low. He's not really talking about it. And, and then you know, he's like, it's not time, it's not time. And then one day he's like, okay, just like one little miracle, mom. Okay, we'll just turn this water into wine, but hey, it's not my time. And then, and then in those three years is when he, it's not my time, it's not my time. Okay, I'll heal you, but don't tell anybody, right? And then just a little more time passes, and then he's like, "Uh, you know, okay guys, it's time. And he he preaches the sermon on the mount and then he sends the disciples out two by two and he's like you need to go tell everybody about this. So these disciples have only been with Jesus for a short amount of time. Their lives have completely changed, but now he's like I'm going to send you out two by two and you're going to heal people and you're going to cast out demons and you're going to build this thing with me and then you're going to come back and now we're going to have a following cuz you told everybody. Which if you don't, I, I don't know if you, how you feel about The Chosen. We like to watch The Chosen. I'm not saying anything about its theology. I'm not saying anything. But there's this little scene in one of the episodes this season where those, they go out two by two. If you don't watch any of it, watch that scene because there is something so powerful. There's like this, vi- this montage of healing after healing and this group is preaching and then this group is casting a demon out and it is just like one after the other and it just keeps going to the point where you're like, it's getting a little long, but it just makes you feel like a part of something really cool. And so all this is happening in those three years, they're building momentum, they're getting followers and then Jesus dies which is like the lowest of lows, but only for three days. And then Jesus rises from the dead in the ultimate mic drop. And they're like, the disciples are like, let's go, right? Let's go. You have actually fulfilled, like everything makes sense to us now. Like all that stuff you were saying about raising the temple up, like none of that made sense, but now it does. Let's go, we gotta go tell everybody. And Jesus is like, wait. For some of us, that's really hard. Like the thought of waiting for anything is like, but imagine the momentum that they had going into this. And then Jesus is like, you got to stop. You just got to stop and you got to wait. I remember feeling just like a little, just like a little bit of this when we took our sabbatical a couple years ago. It was 2021 and I'm so grateful for our time away. I'm so grateful for the, the leadership team that brought us here 11 years ago. When they offered us the job, they told us they wanted us to take a sabbatical after so many years and they planned that in there. So uh, thank you for that. Um, but we, we could have taken it a few years earlier, and we were like, we've only been here like five or six years, like we still feel like we're on our honeymoon, we're good. And then the next year we could have taken it, and uh, we were in the middle of this building campaign, we're like, it's not really a good time, so we're not going to do that. And then the next year was COVID, and then we were like, okay, we'll take it now. <laughs> and so we did, and I'm so gl- grateful we did at the time that we did it, but we left for nine weeks. We uh, devoted the first few weeks to just some family time, really intentional family time. Then we had devoted the next kind of the middle part to our marriage, and we went away for a week-long marriage kind of retreat. And then at the end, we just really spent some time individually, like seeking the Lord just for us personally. And in our minds, we were going to go into that space and just, God was just going to like download all this vision and where he wanted us to go and speak so clearly. And we were going to come back just like ready to go. And it was in those last two weeks that God really spoke to Sean and he just said, I just want you to pray. I just want you to pray. Kind of like Jesus when he was like, just wait. And, and it wasn't just like, I want you to add prayer to what you're doing, but it was like, I want you to clear some things off the calendar and devote yourselves to prayer. And we were kind of like, I think they expect us to come back with something you know, but that's what he said. He just said, pray. And so we were like, that's what we'll do. And we didn't have a worship team ready to go to lead us into worship. We didn't have any kind of plan. We just came back and we just said, all right, we're going to be here the next 21 days. We're going to be here for an hour. We're going to start praying. And then after that, we're going to pray every Wednesday night and we're going to clear the calendar. You know, there was a season where we had different Bible studies and things going on in the evening, and we just felt like this was a time we didn't want anything else competing. If I only have one night a week to give to the church, it was gonna be to prayer. And so that's what we did. And and at the time it was one of those moments where it was like, God, why are you? We're ready to go. We're, we're, we had been tired, but now we're refreshed, we're ready to go. But that's where the, the prayer and worship night was birthed. And we just believe that the, what we're experiencing right now, which is God moving, which is God filling this place with people who are hungry for a relationship with him and with each other. Like we believe that what God is doing right now is because the leadership team and the members of this family said, okay, if that's what you're saying, then we're gonna pray. You know, some, some of us, we don't like to wait Sometimes God speaks something directly to you, like uh, he puts something like, you have an idea, you do, or God places it on your heart, and he, uh, he tell, gives you this idea, and we're like, okay, we got to go. I got to go do this thing, and I, everybody should want to do this thing. Come on, guys, God told me to go do this thing. We got to go do this thing. But I think sometimes God's like, can you just like, wait a minute? Like, just sit with that for just a minute. Because if you go do it right now, you're doing it, but if you wait, my Holy Spirit's going to lead you in- and direct you. And that's what we want. I don't want to do anything in this place with us, this family. I don't do anything that God's not leading. Amen? You know, if the leaders of the early church would have just gone out to tell people about Jesus without waiting, it would have all been in their own strength. And God can use that but like we're here today because they waited on his Holy Spirit and they waited on his leading and then they went out and did what he wanted to do. And so today I would say that we've done the building. We have made space in here for what God wants to do, right? We have space for him. We've dedicated this specifically this night of the week that we're going to devote to prayer but I just wanna remind us that, that prayer isn't like, we don't come into prayer like, God, give me, a, give, me, give me a plan. God, I'm here, just tell me exactly what you want to do. Like we come here in prayer because we just wanna be near to the heart of God. And so prayer, we don't come in here praying for strategies, but prayer is the strategy. That as we come into God's presence on a regular basis, that we just seek his face and that we seek his heart and we just trust that his speaking is the outcome of us spending time with him. So if we want to make space for God to do what he wants to do, we have to wait when he tells us to wait. So if you know what, that you, we can all pray on our own. Absolutely. I hope you do. You should pray on your own. But if you've never made prayer part of your prayer, Wednesday night prayer, part of your routine, just try it. If Crossroads is if this is your church home and this is your church family, and it is in any way feasible for you to make it at some point, you should be make that a part of your week, because God's moving, He's moving in this place. But that's the that's the space that we have dedicated. So we're just going to wait on God and trust that you're going to speak. Be a part of it. Uh, the second thing that we can do, the practice that we, a family practice we can put into play is. We move when he says to move. You know, sometimes he gives us he drops an idea in our heart and then and we wait on him and then he's like, "Okay, now it's time to go." That was not me. I didn't touch anything. You saw me. I didn't move. But we are going to move when he says to move. Listen, we're on a fam- we are a family on a mission together. But we have to work together. When he tells us to go, we have to go. So just like in that picture, when, I was, when we were riding that bike, everybody has a role. Everybody has a part to play. We have to work together. One person can't get that bike with six people on it to where it needs to go. And just like that, the early church, the early church, everybody had roles. We read about some uh, last week, even. But uh, if you, we all like to go back to Acts 2:42, where it says the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread and meals together, to prayer, and, um, and it says awe came over everybody. They met together, they gave to everyone who had need, they worshipped together, and they grew in numbers and numbers and numbers. But how many of you know they couldn't bake, they couldn't break bread unless somebody baked the bread, right? They couldn't share a meal together in someone's home unless somebody hosted. We read last week, we talk, they talked about where they had, to, uh, they had to designate certain people to take care of the widows. The widows and orphans weren't getting taken care of unless somebody had that specific role. And in the same way, we all were on the same mission, Together, it takes every one of us to keep the bike moving. Now, that was a six-man bike, right? Only four people are pedaling at a time. So there's that bench seat in the middle that's a space for somebody that needs to take a little rest, somebody that needs to take a break. Or in our picture, Faye had a nice little car seat. She wasn't big enough to ride a bike, so she just got to sit in the front and the little car seat. And so when I say we're a family on mission together, that we've gotta move when God tells us to move, we need to recognize that there is a space when someone needs to rest, right? The four of us are pedaling. And when I say I have a picture in my mind of my family on this bike, the picture I really have is my sister Katie sitting in the middle for, I would say, longer than her fair share. And it's towards the end, you know, it's the end of the day. We're getting tired. I say Dave, what did we rent it for? An hour. I don't know. It might've been an hour. And it seemed like a year. And we're on the, we're at the end of the day. And you know, when you're tired, you're either going to get grumpy or get giggly. Like it's going to be one or the two. And so after Katie had had what seems like a rest the entire time, uh, we're all getting tired. We're like, we got to get back to this place. We got to turn it in. She turns and looks at us and goes, move over guys. I'm fresh. And I don't know how we were, we were laughing so hard. I don't know how we ever got back. We have quoted that line for now, I don't know, 20 years, however long it's been since then, but move over guys, I'm fresh. But the truth is she had her time. She had her time of healing. She had her time of rest. And when some of us weren't able to keep going anymore, she was like, I'll take it. I'll take it from here because we were a family on a mission together together. And so I just want to remind you that when God says to move, we need to be ready to move as a family. We need to be ready to go. But understand this, that there is a space for you if you're in a season, not a whole life, not the whole rental period. If you're in a season where you need some rest or you need some healing, there's space for you. But it's right there in the middle, right here in the middle of what God is doing. We didn't just drop her off at a park bench and say, "We'll come, we'll circle back when we're tired." No, she was resting. Her her muscles were resting. She was healing right in the middle of the mission. So if you're finding yourself in a season where you're like, "I don't have it in me to push right now." Like you're saying, "We got to move when God says to move, but I don't have it in me to move. Can I just tell you there's space for you on this mission, but it's right here in the middle of it. If you're in that season, lean in to the rest, like lean into the healing. It's not just about sitting in that seat until your legs don't hurt anymore. It's about rest and it's about healing. So if you're in a season of healing, can I just ask you from one family member to the next, please, Lean in to the healing, lean in to the rest, but don't rest forever. Like there's a space for you here, but there's also work for us to do. So don't use your rest time to disengage, okay? Don't don't go sit on a park bench, scrolling your life away. Don't sit at home on a Sunday morning, binging Netflix. Don't sit at home and watch online, which is really like, I kind of have it playing in the background while I am doing my dishes. If you're in a space of healing, lean into it. And that's right here. It's right here on Sunday mornings in worship. It's up here when the prayer team is up here and we ask, you have a need? You come forward. It's on Wednesday nights when we're here praying, but lean into the healing because we need you. Like, if we would have just left my sister on a park bench and said, we'll come back, first of all, she wouldn't have known it was her time to jump back in. She wouldn't have known we needed her. And who knows if we would have even needed, like, if would we have had what we needed to get back and pick her up? Like, she needed to be in that space, healing and a part of what was going on, and that's what God has designed this family for. But we need to be ready to move when God says to move. And then lastly, we follow his lead. You know, this was a different experience riding that same bike with the same goal, the same mission to get this bike back to where we started. The same goal, same mission was just different as a parent. There was different responsibilities On my shoulders, there was lots to consider. There was what route are we going to take? Uh, How much time do we have? Don't go too far or we won't be able to get back. Um, Safety, everyone's safety. Is everyone doing their part? Um, If we fail to complete the mission, which the mission was get this bike not from point A to point B, but from point A back to point A in a timely fashion and in good condition. And so as a parent, my name was the one on the credit card that was going to get charged if we failed to complete this mission. So it's a lot different when I was in a different seat as a parent. But if we're picturing our journey as a church family with Christ, kind of like this bike, you know, I've heard it said, um, hop on the bus. There used to be this song we listened to like 20 years ago, hop on the bus, God's on the move. And I don't really think that's accurate because I don't think that we're hopping on a bus that Jesus is driving and we just hop on for the ride. But I think it's more like this bike where if Jesus is the one that is leading, like we get on, but he lets us work alongside him. Like that's his heart. That's his vision. is that we don't just hop on and he pulls us along, but we hop on because we have a part that we have to play. But we have to remember that Jesus Is the one that we follow. I didn't write down what chapter of Acts this is, but five, six, I don't know. Verse three Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. One more shameless plug for attending prayer on Wednesday nights. it, It says, as they approached the temple, there was a man there who was lame from birth. They were carrying him in and he asked them for money. And it says that Peter and John looked at him intently and he asked for money. But Peter said, listen, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And it says he took him by the hand and helped him up. And then he went walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him and they knew this guy because he had been lame since birth. And everyone marveled. And Peter says to them, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this? Why stare at us as though we had made this man walk on our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. The apostles, the disciples, they could wait on the power of the Holy Spirit. They could wait when Jesus told them to wait because they knew that they didn't have what it was gonna take. Like in and of themselves, they were just like guys who did other jobs. They didn't have what it was going to take, but they knew that if they waited, that God would give them what they needed. We need to follow his lead. There is so much peace that comes in knowing that listen, I don't have any money, I don't have any silver, I don't have any gold, all I have is Jesus, but Jesus is enough. And so I'm just gonna give you Jesus because He can take care of all that other need that you have. That I I follow Jesus and I know that He's the only one that has the power to save your life. And so that's all I'm gonna give you. It's it's Jesus because I follow his lead. But sometimes God gives us vision, he gives us a mission. But we're afraid to step out because we're afraid to fail. But that's where this peace comes in just letting him lead. Letting him take the driver's seat. Because the success or failure doesn't ride on my shoulders. Right? It's, It's not my name on the credit card. It's his. He's leading this thing. And so I can jump in and I can just say, I'm just following you. I'm here, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna move when you say to move, but the success or failure doesn't fall on me and there's so much peace. We can step out in faith knowing that if he's leading, he's gonna take care of all that stuff, that it doesn't fall on us. But the other reason that we follow Jesus is because he's got like, infinitely fresh legs right I mean I feel like Jesus in this story is like guys I'm fresh you just got to move over just give me that driver's seat not get off just scoot over I've got fresh legs I know where we're going. I've got it what it takes to get us there. So when we ask God, we need a fresh wind. Will you pour your spirit out? I believe he's saying, I'm here. It's here for you. Just give me the driver's seat. I'll take you where we need to go. But we got to let him have the driver's seat. Truthfully, in this journey of life, we could all get on our own bikes right? We could follow along close enough to the big bike to like kind of know what's going on, but not to actually contribute anything to what is happening here in this family. Friends, don't be that family member that follows along on your own bike, but like just enough to kind of stay connected, but like I'm gonna keep my options open in case something else comes up. Don't be that guy. Don't be that uh, family member who decide who opted to stay at the hotel that day. Like, I'm just gonna hang back here and rest. Because friends, God's moving and like unapologetically, like we're gonna keep pursuing him and we're gonna keep pursuing more people and I hope this place grows and I hope we have to add more services because there's more seats in here and because there's more kids in our kids area that we can't contain because we just wanna reach more kids with the gospel. We want more people to experience what it feels like to be a part of the family of Christ. And so we're gonna unapologetically move forward with the leading of Jesus, but don't be the family member that misses out. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to relax back here because we're going to go. And you know what it's like when you're that guy who just hung at the back and hung at the hotel and everybody shows back up and they're laughing and they're giggling and they're telling these stories that they think are hilarious. And you're just like, "Ah, move over. I'm fresh. Hilarious. Like God's moving. He's taking us somewhere. Don't be that family member that hangs back. Don't be the family member that rides a bike at a short distance but shouts out directions. Friends, let's be a part of what God is doing. We're going to wait on Him. We're going to wait when He tells us to wait, but we're going to be ready to move when He says to move because we are a family on mission together. So I don't, I don't know what your response to the Lord is today. I don't know. I don't know if you need some healing. Then lean into the healing and get healed. Maybe you're not in a time of healing. Maybe you're like, I'm good. I've got fresh legs. If it means I need to take a little more responsibility to provide space for someone else to receive some healing, then I'm going to do that. But let's remember this that Jesus is the one driving it. As we come back together tonight for vision night, I want you to remember that like none of this is just like fun ideas that our leadership team just sat around cuz we just felt like coming up with some more stuff to do. Like we're coming into this place tonight going, God is leading this place. He's moving in this place and we just want to be ready to go when he says to go. So as a family today, can we just respond to the Lord individually and as a family and just say, God, today I'm going to wait. If you're telling me to wait, I'm going to wait. But I'm going to trust that you're doing something in the process. And if you're telling us to move, we're ready. My feet are on the pedals and I'm ready to go. But it's all led and directed by him. God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads and guides. God, I thank you for the way that you're moving in this place. God, I believe you are moving in churches across the world. But God, the fact that you would show up here and you would be changing lives in this place and you would give us a chance to be a part of it, God, it is an honor. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. But today I pray that we would be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, to hear what you're saying, to be ready to go when you say to go. But more importantly, God, that we would yield this whole journey, this whole adventure, this whole mission, that we would yield to you and that we would follow your lead. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.